This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. On August 25th, I'm the most brutal, vicious, ruthless champion that ever been. The most anticipated original series is here. You may know Tyson. You're the heavyweight champion of the world, young, rich, and black. But do you know Mike? The minute you get too big, they gotta cut you down. Starring Trevante Rhodes. Um, I am Mike. And Harvey Keitel. They'll love you as much as they fear you. Now I'm really gonna have some fun. Mike, series premiere August 25th, only on Hulu. Your work technology should help your organization run better. Monday.com is an intuitive platform designed to help teams of all sizes work better together and maximize results. With Monday.com, you can easily customize your workflows to fit your team's exact needs and create automated updates to keep everyone up to speed in real time. Experience the power of a single platform that replaces your costly tech toolbox and the headache that comes with it. To start your 14-day free trial, go to Monday.com. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another edition of That Mill Podcast. Hope you're doing well. This is episode number three of our 2021-2022 season. We're going on our own today, myself and Mickey. How you doing, mate? You all right? Yeah, good, mate. Good, mate. All good. You? Uh, yeah, not bad. I've heard Tripod so speak of our show. is uh, Kai is obviously his way this week, but, you know, he's enjoying his hat break. So if you're listening to this, Kai, I hope you're having a good one, mate. But, yeah, I'm, I'm swell, mate. I can't lie. I went to my first Mill game yesterday at the time of recording. And um, yeah, I mean, obviously we'll talk about that in part one, mate, but I've got a good feeling about this year now. I think that's the high of Mill winning 3-0 away from home. Can't say anything else about that. Yeah, but you made me look right, like a right cunt though, didn't you? You posted a clip yesterday with me going, 
Oh, yeah, no. If, if you think that we're going to be beating teams four, five, six nil, it's never going to happen this season. And then we go out and bust them three nil. So why were the teams listening to it and go, fuck it, we're just doing yeah. it? Or you just had that premonition feeling, mate, and you just thought, yeah, I'll just make it a cunt today. Off we go. Should we kick yeah. off with part one then? Yeah, we'll do that. I mean, in part number two as well, just so you're aware, we'll be giving our 1-24 to 24 championship predictions. So if you've got an idea of who you want to predict to finish where, comment in below in the comment section and then wait for ours to come out in the second part of the show. So let's go into part one. Okay, welcome to part number one. We referred to it at the start there, but yeah, Mickey, Mill beat Ipswich 3-0 away from home yesterday, pal. I mean, firstly, my first way game back since last March. You know, I drag on about this all the time. It was great to be back and obviously see friendly faces, familiar faces in the crowd. But not only that, mate, we got treated to a 3-0 mill win. I mean, give me your thoughts. Obviously, I know you were at the game, mate, but obviously from afar, I mean, it's a great win yesterday, wasn't it? Superb win, mate, wasn't it? Absolutely superb win, mate. Um, some of the some of the videos sort of come out and some of the videos obviously seen. It just looked like we, we were a different team. Um, I, I look, I think it's great. Um, as as we caught up in the in in the intro bit, to be fair, you know, we put a video out yesterday saying um, from Thursday's show where I said, you know, I think we're really defensive this season. Are we going to be able to score as many goals, three, four, five nils, and then we go out? So, yeah. <laughs> It looks as if if the team's not on form, mate, it looks like there's a strong chance we're going to end up beating them three or four nils. That's it. I mean, on the game yesterday, obviously, I think, you know, you what we saying in context of that on Thursday, though, was kind of right. Obviously, it's which our league one side. I mean, going into the game, driving down there yesterday, I weren't sure what to expect from both sides, really, because it's just strengthened really well. Got new manager there, Paul Cook, who's been there since March. Obviously, they've signed seven, eight, nine players. Connor Chaplin, Rakeem Harper from West Brom. These are, like, really serious players here that I thought, oh. Could be a good test for Millwall today. And then we rock up. Obviously, the lineup was a strong indication, I think, of what's to come next Saturday, I've got to say. Uh, that team was obviously 5 3 2 formation, Barton goal, Ballard, Hutch, and Cooper at the back. All three of them were superb. Matt Lamar, right wing back, Scott Malone, left wing back, Evans, Keith, and Savile midfields. And I say it across that way, which I'll specify in a bit, but it was a midfield three. And then it was Wallace and a phobia up front. I mean, Mickey, you know, I, I was talking to you after the game yesterday and obviously I, I said it online as well, mate, but the only thing I thought from yesterday's game, and that's kind of what was prominent for me throughout the whole pre-season and the close season, is how important that number seven is for us, Jed Wallace. Absolutely. It does look as if he's built the team around him, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. um, when Jed's not there, um, we're in trouble. Um, just a quick one before we go on there. If... if if you're listening to this and you're another football thing, and especially Portsmouth, draw your neck in, mate. He ain't fucking that <laughs> You can't even afford Ben Thompson, so fuck knows how you think you're going to afford Jed Wallace. I know he loves you, but fucking get... Come on, wake up, have your cornflakes and fucking come back to reality. But no, look, I, I think he's, he's going to come on form for us this season because it's his last real time of being able to put himself in the shop window. And if no one comes for him then he's probably going to sign a three-year deal with us. But I think he's good enough to have that chance. It's just, is he good enough um, for a Prem? And I hope that he is good enough for a Prem and that Prem potential team is going to be us this season. I mean, I'll put a caveat to it. It was pre-season. I know people will be quick to knock us down here, but 
after leaving that game yesterday, I couldn't help but have a massive grin on my face and be excited for it, uh, QPR next Saturday. But, you know, I think what I took from that was obviously I didn't go to the Gillingham game on Tuesday, but obviously we had Kai there. And, you know, the creativity was a real lack of concern for obviously a real concern for Mill there. And Wallace comes back in yesterday and him and the phobie just hit up straight away. We had a couple of chances in the first half. I mean, McNamara was bright on the right-hand side. A couple of suspect moments defensively. It was one point in the first half where McNamara should have been sent off yesterday, Mickey, mate. I'll tell you now, right? It was right in front of the away end. It's, it's like a 50-50 ball. He's against this Dobra, who's um, like a tricky winger for Ipswich. Dobra gets the ball past him. McNamara foot first, straight into his shin. Right, if that was a QPR next week, that's a red card straight away. I but one thing, tweet. yeah, mate, one thing I got to say from that day, it was a proper challenge. Like, I'd, obviously, I don't condone. Thankfully, Dobra was able to get up and they got in the game. Referee was smart and only booked McNamara because it's a preseason game. But that, that was like, honestly, a real concern for me there. But McNamara just proving straight away, like, he's a middle player. Do you know what I mean? Not shirk away from challenges. I know people are going to hate me for saying that, but I thought he was just a little bright spot for me on the right hand side. I. I like those challenges. I <laughs> think that it just sets the game up, gets the fans on board um, and, and starts as the way you need to go on. But I agree that, you know, I've not seen the challenge, but again, it, once we go in the league, I think with everything that's going forward from the Euros and everything else, that the slightest thing what looks as if it's over odds, I think will be, will be carded this season, which is a shame because let's be honest, football is a, is a physical game. Mm -hmm. and tackles and all that are part and parcel of the game. Um, you got shin pads on and do you know what I mean? You get paid shitloads of money, you're grown men, just fucking get up and fucking live it. Just go back and watch a few 1960s, 70s game and see how football was done then, mate, and the magic yeah. sponge. I know. Well, it's not quite the same nowadays, obviously, but it's just the way it is, unfortunately. Yeah, that same Dobro was rolling around in the second half as well. Like, just I think some players like that, you know, just the way it is nowadays. You play the game, so to speak, but it is what it is. Just, I mean... Just a quick question to you. Sorry, I, I know we're professional. We've got show notes and you're going through. But just a quick question. I was question. about to go through the game, but go on, you go through Just it. quickly before you go, how was it realistically to... Because obviously Ipswich had this COVID stuff and this COVID conditions and all that lot, but how was it and how quick? Because obviously there are people who listen to this what are anti-passports and others, you know, with vulnerabilities and stuff that are obviously pre or, or, or in between and whatnot. I mean, how did it work and how quick were you in? Was the delays? And what was it like once you walked through the door and that that noise of Millwall? What we, we know we've had, we've just missed it for 18 months. How was it? It's just a natter, isn't it? You know, when you walk in and on, on the concourse and everyone's having a beer and stuff like that, and there's like a little buzz. It's like being in a pub, but also when you're on the concourse, there's a different vibe to it. Um, but no, I mean, for the get, for getting in itself, I mean, obviously you had to do a lateral flow test or prove you was double vaxxed. I've only had one vaccine, so I've not yet actually got a double passport, so to speak. So, um I had to do a test before I went and I had the, obviously the result in my hands. One thing that was impressive, obviously I went to Wembley for the Euros. I say impressive because obviously these are the protocols they've put in place, right? There was no cues to get in because obviously it's a pre-season game, but you had to show the result, but also I had to have a form of ID, which I never was asked for when I was at Wembley. Obviously bear in mind that was a major tournament at a major tournament, uh, you know, stadium, so to speak. But they, I had to show my bank card afterwards. I, I didn't expect it because obviously it wasn't to hand, but I, I did have it on me. I don't know what would happen if I didn't have it on me, but I showed the negative test and obviously then showed a bank card with my name on it and they let me in. So, I mean, obviously it's not a foolproof lateral flow test. It doesn't stop anyone just reporting the test as negative and not doing it. But for that, so to speak, to get in, I found it kind of like, at least they're doing their due diligence, I suppose, in that sense. But yeah, I know people online were a bit kind of stirred up about it, weren't they? You're on mute. <laughs> <laughs> I saw something from TT um, 
And then obviously, you know, a few people said that he was in there. So I don't know whether or not he knows people what were were kicked out. It'd be good, you know, at some point, you know, either TT listens to this and comments or um or gets in touch. But yeah, it just I think there'd be a bit of confusion until it becomes set in stone that it's gonna be either every game or yeah. you're just gonna have certain clubs go, Well, we're just gonna go with it until the government forces it in, which is great, but it's gonna add to the confusion, you know. Um, I'm glad that they've done either. You can be double jabbed or you have a negative test, which is great, mm-hmm. rather than just going, you you only have to be double tested. Because I know lots of people who can't have the jabs because of um, they're allergic to certain stuff in it or or they just don't want the jab, which is fine. You know, I've, I've been double jabbed. But if you're not jabbed, that's completely up to you. I've got, you know, I'm, I don't think you should be forced. And my kids are all under the age of 18 and they definitely won't be getting jabbed um, by force with flu or 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 COVID. So it's good to see common sense prevail and common sense go forward. Um, just maybe next time there needs to be a bit more publicity. There was there was a fair amount, but maybe a little bit more possibly. But, you know, yeah. day, we've all got to learn somewhere. So um, I'll, I'll shut up now and let you talk about the game. Then. I mean, it was well handled anyway. So I thought it was on that bit, I suppose, in that sense. But it's just like, yeah, it's I agree with you. It's not really clear across the border. It's obviously different clubs doing different rules there, isn't it? But yeah, I'll talk about the game because that's what I'm here to talk about the most. But I mean, we started bright. I think I said that obviously five three two was prominent, but what impressed me the most was, and what was different, I kind of expected when we were debating it, Mickey, where we said we'd have Evans and Keith Nabell holding and Savile bombing on. But instead, Evans was on the right side of the midfield three, helping McNamara. Savile was on the left-hand side with Malone, and the two of them were just kind of double-teaming down the left-hand side. And the same with uh, McNamara and Evans. Early doors, there was like a couple of opportunities. McNamara was obviously linking up with Evans quite well on the right, put a ball into the box. Savile in the seventh minute should have scored. I mean, it was a great ball in, great header. It was straight at the keeper, unfortunately, but that's unbeat how it was. Um, we had another option, kind of, you know, corners. We looked at threat. I think Ballard, obviously, I was impressed with. It was the first time I've really seen him. Kai's given a glowing reference of him. But, you know, Ballard just seems to be a man mounted at the back. A couple of nervy moments of him in the second half, I would admit. But he, you can tell he's a real quality player there on the right-hand side. Hutchinson, ever-reliable. You know, he, he seems to be just mopping up. I think playing the heart of that defence, we said it before, where, like, he can just kind of sweep things up. It allows Ballard and Cooper to kind of push up a little bit. Hutchinson's always there to back them up. And I thought that works really well. And then, yeah, we get to the first goal. I mean, I think Ipswich hit the post a couple of times. Um, or I thought to say that bar and hit the post uh, midway through the first half after a really good start from Mill, passing the ball about well. Um, and then comes the goal. I think it was a corner for Ipswich. Um, and then Wallace picks the ball up, plays it to Malone. Malone plays down the line to Benekafobi. He, he almost runs out of play. I was thinking, for fuck's sake, what's he done here? Managed to keep it in on the floor kind of thing, gives it to Wallace. Wallace in open space, goes for goal. Keeper should have saved it personally and put it out wide to maybe a corner or kept hold of it. But there's the poacher, mate. I mean, Benekafobi, the number nine, well, number 23, I think he's now, but still backing it up there, mate, and tapping it away. That's like a real poacher's instinct that we've not really had for, what, since Lee Gregory, maybe. No, look, I, I think I think that's exactly what we've been missing for a long time. We mm. need, you know, Morrison, Gregory... They they used to be able to read where they needed to be, and they were mm. just in that place and go a bit like what Kane is with Tottenham. If you stick the ball into him, he will always finish it. Ninety nine point nine nine percent, he will always finish it. Um, and that, that that to me is what we've been missing. Is he is he a twenty twenty five goal scorer per season? I don't know, but you know what? I think it's going to be very very interesting to watch and see where we go this season with him. If we can get Savile scoring. Jed scoring, Scott Malone to score a few in as well. 
and, and and a couple of others to score in there, then you know what? We could easily get to that 40, 45 goals and, and actually make the difference between being lower and, you know, finishing 10th and finishing a lot higher. Because goals is what let us down the last two seasons, really. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I'm excited with that. But, I mean, what was your, who was your standout player? I mean, Wallace was key to everything, mate, yesterday. I think, obviously, you said it at the start of the show, but, I mean, he's involved in all three goals in a sly way. I mean, the second goal in the second half, obviously, we got to half-time, no change at half-time. We almost, I think, scored at the, just before half-time, Hutchinson with a header in the box. Um, but, yeah, keeper was easy behind it, to be fair. Second half, no changes. And then we come out of the block so quick, man. I think um, we passed the ball around the back. I think it was about 30, 40 passes. It's the goal that's been online and circulating around on Twitter and stuff like that. Um, and then it gets down the left-hand side, well worked by, I think it's Malone. Then it goes to Wallace, then Cooper. But Wallace, again, is a key influence here because what I noticed was no one was making the runs in behind. But Wallace is the one that has the instinct to make the sharp dart runs in behind. He's picked out. I think there was a few times in the first half where he makes the run or comes short for it. He doesn't get the ball to his feet and he's having a go at the players. He's like, come on, give me the ball to my feet. Give me the ball. And um, second half, he got the ball through kind of obviously then he plays it on the left to Jake Cooper of all people who's on the touchline, ball into the box and there's a phobie, mate. Left footed sweep straight into the back of the net. But yeah, to answer your question, Jed Wallace is key to absolutely everything we do. And that's a scary point, isn't it? Yeah. But, I mean, you say he's in the shot window. For me, I think it's We'll see where we go first 10, 15 games. I, I do personally think he loves being at Millwall. Like, you know, he's tweeted last night. He's happy to see fans back. I, I agree. Obviously, you know, he's potentially thinking I'm 27, 28. This could be my last kind of hurrah, so to speak, to get a good contract at a club where I can earn thirty, forty thousand pounds a week in the Premier League. I understand that kind of caveat. That said, though, I think if we're 10 games into the season, 15 games in the season, and we're in and around the top six, I personally think he signs the contract. That's just my opinion. Oh, I agree with you. I think it, I think absolutely. And I think what he's doing, he's just he's just making a gamble, isn't he? He's like, I don't want to sign a long-term contract with you now because if we're nowhere near the, you know, the the prem or we're nowhere near a good finish, then potentially he's gonna well potentially he's gonna fuck himself up for any other club signing him mm-hmm. because Millwall's not gonna sell him without taking a bundle of money. But at the moment he's got he's got that caveat, isn't he? It's like he can run his contract down. And, and get a payment at the end of it. Or he can, you know, he can stay with Millwall and sign a new contract and, and demand more money. But I think the club's doing the right thing, though. You know, like, I, I, I kind of debate in my head. And obviously, we had the conversations during the close season shows and pretty much the whole summer at this point because it's the main threat, you know, because, like I said, Wallace is key to everything. And I've been saying it for ages, but last night it just confirmed it to me. And, you know, his influence in all three goals was there to be seen. Obviously, he scored the third goal. Obviously, short corner to the edge of the box, left footed drive straight into the back of the net. Keeper had no chance. It was pinpoint precision, honestly. And it was just a superb goal. But I think with Jed, like, you, you could toy up whether to sell him and get a bit of money and reinvest it into the squad, or you just hold on to him and in the hope that we play the way we want to play, we get it up to the top half of the table, top six, and we're in there. And then that's when you go to Jed, you go, look, look what kind of team we are. We've got the ambition, we've got the players scoring goals, we've got a phobie scoring. 15, 20 goals a season for us in hope. We've got Savile in there. You know, like, we've got players in there that are of championship quality and some above, I will say. I think what is, like, on form yesterday, it just highlights how important he is. And I I don't begrudge him at all if he was to go to a a Burnley or a team in the Premier League because on yesterday's showing, and I know it's pre-season, I'll caveat it myself again, mate, because I know people will be thinking it's only a pre-season friendly, but 
he is he is just crucial honestly everything he does is just oozes class oozes everything that you kind of want but at the same time i know people criticize him playing up front of why he's right doing this but the reason why it worked yesterday for me was because jeb was on the pitch yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no look i i I agree with the stuff I said. I mean, the third goal, do you want to talk about that third goal? That third goal was something else, wasn't it? The, it, was the, it was the passing. It was the second goal. Yeah, that was. It was the second, second goal. goal. Yeah. I mean, as I said, like, it's a good team goal, man. Superb, wasn't it? I mean, finally, that's what Gary is all about, isn't it? it it's possession football. And, and finally, mm -hmm. that it looks as if we're starting to play that way. Because if we play that way with some of the other teams, I think we can open teams up in our league. Not, not in the League One, but in our league. We played like that. We can open people up. He impressed me, Rowett, as well yesterday. After the match, like, he went, <laughs> he was getting asked by the club media team, he always does. Mm. He's like, what, what did we make of the goals, the team goal in particular? He's like, he went, to be honest with you, I don't care how we score goals, as long as we score and we show intent of scoring. And I was like, I could see that. Yesterday, like, there was a clear game plan of play down the flanks. Like, honestly, I was really impressed with the two wing-backs. Malone in particular was just superb. Malone, obviously, defensively, is not great. But to have Cooper there as the left side centre half backing him up, perfect. Same with McNamara, to have Ballard next to him, uh, albeit they're both really young players on the right-hand side. You could maybe argue it could be a weak link in some points of the season if you have an experienced striker going against them or an experienced winger just kind of causing them all sorts of trouble. But like it really works where you can allow these two wing-backs to just bomb forward and they're constant time putting balls in the box. And it wasn't just like a lofted ball into the box. It was whipped balls into the box where you got Savile getting on the end of it. It's a couple of opportunities. You've got Evans also getting into the box. Even at times, Cooper was making the runs forward. And I know it's only a preseason game, so that's why, like, you know, are they going to do it in a league game against QPR when the opportunity is there to do it? Are they not going to be worried about something else? Or because it's a preseason game, you know, there's no pressure on you. But if that's the caveat and if that's how if that's the game plan for the season, I fully support the five three two as well. And it's just because Wallace and the phobia were both just live wires up front. We'll talk about Bennett a bit because obviously halfway through the second half, we make seven subs. I think it was Jed coming off, McNamara, Ballard, Hutchinson, Keith Beld, who actually was quite good yesterday in midfield. Just a little bit on him. I mean, I can see his uses. I mean, he's not the greatest ball player, obviously, but what he said in the club media after the game was like, you know, he he's a he's a he's a player that just loves to like kick people up in the air. And I thought he's honest and open about that, but. He will have his uses. I think a game against QPR, you know, they've got a couple of good midfielders in there. Wait, like that's Johansson, the players that are creative on the ball. It's ideal to have a Keith Bell in there because he will break play up and he will, you know, play smart about it as well. And I think he's also a player that will thrive on having crowds there because we've not really seen the best of him when he's played for us so far. But I think there's a few players in our side that will play that a little bit better with the edge of fans being in there. And I think Keith Bell will be one of them players. Um, and I think Aphobia and Sav also went off in the, in the start of halfway through the second half. And then the players that came on were Leonard, Romeo, Mitchell, Murray Wallace, Smith, Bennett and Mahoney. Bennett went off injured, Mickey. I mean, it looks like a twisted ankle, uh, right? said after the game. It could be a long layoff, could be a short layoff. No one really knows at this point, mate. But that's a real problem, isn't it? Like, it, it, just when you think Bennett could, you know, really kick on, you're not sure on Aphobia, not convinced. Aphobia goes and scores twice. And then his counterpart, the player to rather him, you know, Bennett gets injured. It's just it's just classic Mason Bennett. Man at last. Yeah, I, I'm really disappointed, you know, because like I hope it's not a serious injury. Firstly, because I like Bennett, and he finished the season really strongly. You know, reading away, scoring that great header. You know, it was like Shearer-esque, getting his head onto it, superb. A couple of games where he was just a real live wire for us, and then you know, the week before the season starts, he picks up a niggle, and it's just. 
it's just it kind of sums up his career, let alone Millwall. Like, you know, I spoke to the Derby podcast last year. They went, you know, Mason Bennett, the nearly player, the almost nearly player. It's just it's, it's unfortunate for him, but I suppose it's a good thing we've got a phobia then in that case, isn't it? Yeah, no, I think it's a good good point we got them. Um I think Bennett would probably be all right here, come on, but I think it's to be fair, he's just going to be coming on as a sub if a phobie's fit. Is he only going to be coming on for a sub? I mean, you said Leonard come on. How was Leonard? Because he played. He, he, came, a lot. he came on and played at right centre half. Like, right. yeah, I know. So obviously, we kept the formation as it was, and like he put Leonard right centre half, kept Evans playing in midfield. So I was surprised by that personally because I thought, well, surely you'd want Evans to play defence and Leonard be in midfield. But yeah, Leonard came on and played right centre half. Romeo came on and played right wing back. Looked lively. I think it's great to have two stunning right wing backs to have to choose from because obviously both of them on their day are top drawer, Matt Neymar and Romeo. Mitchell looked lively. I feel, you know, Mitchell looks a real player. I think he's doing the right thing though, you know, with Billy Mitchell. Like he didn't start yesterday. It's kind of obvious that he might not start the season in which case I feel like. But, you know, he really fancies Mitchell. But at the same time, just ease him because he's only like 19, 20 years old. You don't want to play him every game, get him injured, blow him out or anything. You know what I mean? There'll be a need for Billy Mitchell this season. And for me, if Billy Mitchell plays 30 games and scores five goals a season, instead of playing 46 and, you know, kind of tiring out and burning out and not really contributing, I think that's worthwhile for us. Yeah, no, I think you're probably right. And and I think it's also good to have a couple of Millwall fans in the team. Yeah. Um, I mean, something you said a little while ago was, I think, same as you, I think Keith... Playing with with fans will come on to another level. Yeah, I think Ballard will probably come on to another level. Billy will come on to another level. Jed always performs well for fans, and I think Savile will. If the fans take to him and don't give him shit, I think he'll, he'll thrive. Yeah, um, I, mate, the, the their trio, the dynamic trio, they will be a Phoebe Wallace and Savile. You know, we said it, and you called it a couple of weeks ago. The Wolves trio linking up, mate. Like I thought, Savile would be more attacking than what he was yesterday. But I think it's deliberate for QPR. I think that's the reason why we're playing this way. But honestly, the three of them together are just going to be dynamic for us, I think. And that's going to be it's, the key to everything. It's also a lot of people will have that memory of them at Wolves. Mm-hmm. So you've got to slightly make it different or else people will think, oh, well, we can if we tie him up or we tie him up, then that will end it. So, you know, that's the thing with being a football manager, I suppose, is that if you're used to sticking like... Um, like Neil Harris got caught out with a four-four-two. He just didn't have that that next that next kick on. And as soon as teams realised what he was playing, they just basically, you know, just basically defended against or, or picked on certain players mm-hmm. and then closed the whole game down. And I suppose that's what you've got to do. You've got to be able to have, you know, what you put out, but actually those players in that formation play slightly different to what that formation is. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's what Gary does. Gary has got sort of the plan. A and B, and he can make bold changes to suddenly turn the game up. Um, I'll never forget when he came to us the first game, when it against Charlton, where yeah. we were one nil up, uh, one all up, and literally most people would have gone for a draw, and he just went hell to lever and, and went out. And I mean, if we'd have lost that game, he would have been hunted for it. Yes, okay, uh-huh. we went out attacking, but it's against Charlton where we've got a long record and a you know we're winning on the bragging stakes. But if we'd have lost that. It could have been a different story. Um, but he think, went out and won it. I think he also be a manager. I think all of them, I know I know all the clubs have said it, but I think our club, our management staff, our players 
having fans back, having a den with 10, 15,000 will make such a huge difference this year. We'll get on to our predictions in the second part of the show in a minute. But, you know, I've got real hope and optimism based on yesterday's performance. I, that's the only problem there. You know, pre-season, we drew against Fulham without Jed. I think he got went, maybe went off injured in that game. Um, you know, we've not had a real consistent run of games where we've seen that creative outlet. It was against the League One side, albeit a hotly anticipated, you know, and we expected to go up League One side as well in Ipswich. But I'm just really anxious to think that if we're one injury away from a Wallace being out of the side and then having Connor... Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real with you for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. Nobody is going to push you out of bed to work out. Nobody is going to make you eat better. But here's the thing. Nobody has to. Because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. Two and a half million people, each doing the Beachbody program that fits our own goals. Over 80 to choose from. Some that take just 20 minutes a day. Nutrition plans that teach you how to eat healthy and still enjoy food. What we all have in common is we know it's not easy, so we help each other. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. That's why I'm inviting you to try our amazing Beachbody fitness and nutrition programs. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. This week on RVER, sponsored by Progressive Insurance. Oh, that new doctor is dropped at gorgeous. Oh, please, he's just another RV League educated surgeon with good hair. No, he's different. Nurses, we got a classy motorhome with a detached driver's side mirror. Meet me in the OR. Stat. Right away, doctor. No, 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 she's on break. I'll handle this one. Oh, you conniving little... When your RV really needs saving, Progressive has you covered. See if you could save with a leader in RV insurance. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates covered subject to policy terms. Mahoney in, who came on yesterday, Mahoney, right? I just don't see him fitting into this side, Mickey. If we play that 5-3-2, there's no real place for Mahoney in this side. And I thought we'd talk about him just quickly because he didn't really look interested yesterday either for me. I'm not saying he was terrible, but he was just the same kind of Mahoney where, you know, like he couldn't, he wouldn't chase balls down. I know it's preseason only, guys, but, you know, for me, Mahoney just, I don't think he's going to have it here at Mill this year. I really don't think it's going to be a, I don't think it's going to work out for him. I think when you say, oh, it's only preseason, I think preseason is basically, look, this shows where you are, where you mm-hmm. want to be. And if you're not chasing balls down, you're not putting in the legwork, then that shows that there's something else going on in your head. He's you know, an unbelievable we, player. I, like, you know, with, with the ball at his feet, he, he showed it yesterday at one point in a glimmer where, like, he gets the ball at his feet. Great touch, takes on a couple of players and wins a corner. And I think to myself, do that a hundred times a game. Just keep doing that because you will be a real asset to us. But he doesn't do it enough. Just doesn't do it. And maybe you don't know what it's like behind here. Maybe he's just a bit lack of confidence because he knows he ain't really going to get a game unless he gets subbed for Jed or something like that. It, it, you know, it must do you a bit of confidence in when he's on a he's on a contract and Jed's on the last year of his contract and he's sort of like. Rumor has it that Jeb has offered a superb contract from the club to keep him there. You know, most wages, highest contract, stuff like that, to make him the best player we, we've had on, on financials. If that's true, then that, and that's been reported in the press, that's got to hurt you. I mean, if me and you work for a job and, and we we're both doing the same job as such and you were offered more money, a lot more money than I was, mm-hmm. I'd be craving up. It wouldn't stop me doing my job, but it would... It would definitely give me a bit of negativity thinking, well, hang on, I'm, I'm busting my ass the same as you. Why the fuck, you know, especially if 
Connor's maybe on three, four, five grand, and then the contract could be 10, 12, 15, you know, maybe 20 for, for Jed. It's a lot of difference when you're doing, you're thinking, well, you know, I'm just going to come on and kick a ball and that's it. I'm not, you know, I might have a few good passes, but I haven't. I, really think, I think that's the point though, Mickey. Like, you know, Jed's working for it. Jed's providing the returns for it. Where Mahoney's like injured half the time, not putting it in half the time. And I know like putting it in is the cliched thing for me all, but you know, he needs to show that he's willing to be here and put an effort in. And I'll be, I'll be honest with you, it wouldn't surprise me if we're talking about players that could leave. I could see Mahoney leaving this window. And I can also see maybe Bodfarson going as well. We know that Bodfarson's not played now the last couple of preseason games. I think, and Bradshaw as well, only came on because of Bennett's injury. Bradshaw's perfect to keep around, I think, the squad. But I can see Mahoney and Bodfarson being the two that leave and maybe Thompson. I mean, Thompson came on at the hour mark as well. I weren't convinced about Ben Thompson yesterday either. That's the first time I thought that as well. He played in the midfield role. And you just, I, I just didn't see from Thompson what you expect. But he's also, I think, a player that likes to have a run of games. So, you know, I think it's different with him. You know, you'll get that work effort from Thompson, but maybe he needs three or four games in a row to kind of come up to momentum that he's looking for. Yeah, no, I think I think you're right with Ben. I mean, look, I love Ben the bits. I think Ben is a true Lionheart. He, he, you know, when he's been to Portsmouth as well, they love him, absolutely fucking adore him. And he is a great player. But... I agree with you. Consistency is Ben Thompson's mm -hmm. uh, nemesis. And if you don't give him the games, then he just, it's as if it's a stop and start again. So yeah. if he plays for 10 games, <clears throat> by the time he gets in four or five, he's, he's on fire, he's on everything. And then if you stop him for a game, it's as if, right, we start again. And he starts from zero and builds the meter up, which is a damn shame because he's a great player. But it's probably realistically League One is... League one, league two is probably, you know, he, he's chosen yeah. um, level, which is unfortunate. But, you know, maybe maybe playing in league one, league two will give him the level to step back up rather than coming in. But, Definitely. you know, um, oh, I think you're right. Uh, the only one I don't disagree with is I think that Budvardson, I don't know if they will sell him or not. They want to, but I just don't know if anyone's going to take him. And I don't think they're going to release him. Um, without an offer, purely because I think he's there's too much money there for not to just release him off, right? But and anyway, I hope he's here at the 22nd of January. So, um, <laughs> well, he's not featured the last two preseason games, and I think that's a telltale sign for me. He's not part of Rout's plans, and I don't think it's anything to do with his work effort. We all know that it's just his quality is nowhere near the level we look for to try and push on. So, yeah, I thought before we end up this part, Mickey, I thought I'd give myself like just for start 11 anyway, give player ratings for each player, just like so players, people get an indication of what I thought yesterday and just a brief summary. So I'd say for Bill Kowski and Goal, I'll give him a seven. He made a couple of smart saves, was assured in the box that you'd expect from Bart. First time I've seen him this preseason, obviously I saw a lot as long against Arsenal. Um, but yeah, Bart made a couple of smart saves and just expected what you got from him there against his old club. Daniel Ballard, right centre half. I'll give him a seven because I think, you know, he kept a clean sheet. He'd done his job. I like the way he's, you know, he passes out the ball, quite a clean player. Couple of nervy moments in the second half, like I mentioned, but again, I think that's just part and parcel of preseason games. And I think hopefully by QPR on Saturday, he'll give us a, a performance we'll be looking for. Hutchinson at the back, I'm going to give him an eight. I thought Hutchinson was just a man mountain. He won every single header. He cleaned up at the back. You know, every time there's ball across over the top, whether it be on the left side, on his weaker side, or on the right side, he dealt with it and just made it, you know, assured. And he weren't even just a punt out to Rose Z. Sometimes it was a pass back to Bart. Sometimes it was take a touch, then clear it. I thought Hutch is, for me, is key to everything we do at the back. 
Cooper, I'll give a seven. Smart assist, obviously, for a Phobie's goal. Got up there, put a ball in the box. He won every header that you expect from Jake Cooper as well. But I thought just Hutchinson stole the show at the back. Right wing back, McNamara. I'll give him a 6.5, purely on the caveat they would have been sent off in if it was the first half um, in the in a league game. But again, he was assured. He played his job well. Uh, going forward, a couple of good crosses into the box. Savile should have scored and, he, and McNamara already got an assist from that. Um, but yeah, I think otherwise, a really solid performance and I hope he starts next Saturday. Left wing, Matt Malone. I'll give him an 8. Bombing up and down the pitch. Even defensively, he was quite assured. But he had Cooper there to back him up. Um, and obviously involved with a couple of the goals on the counter-attack and obviously second goal as well. He was part of that on the left-hand side. Keith Bell in midfield, I'm going to give a six. I don't dislike Keith Bell. He's just, he's not a midfielder that suits the, a team that's dominating the ball. He'll have his use against QPR, feel, if he plays. I feel like there's an indication yesterday that he will play based on the fact that he started um, and he's obviously given 60 minutes yesterday. He will be a, a Mill fan favourite, I think. I think he'll be a maybe a Jimmy Abdu, but not necessarily as energetic as Abdu, but he'll get around the pitch and he'll put tackles in and we will love him for it. And Jimmy was a six out of 10 every game and we loved him for that same reason. So I think that's a fair representation of Keith Bell. Evans in midfield, also a six. I'm not convinced in midfield. I thought he was a bit better than playing on the right side, kind of going up and down the pitch. I'm not sure about him in the holding midfield role. Um, I personally would like to see Mitchell maybe play there, but obviously on the right side, he's a bit more mobile up and down the pitch. And I thought he was quite good with Matt Amaro linking up well in the first half. Left side centre mid, George Savile. Should have scored in the first half. Um, I, I'm going to give him a seven because I'm a big fan of Savile. And also, I thought he played quite well, you know, linking up play well. Um, one nervy moment in the first half, we gave the ball away. But aside from that, it was top draw for us as well. And finally, Jed Wallace and Benedict Afobi. I think they're both going to get a nine. I think Afobi obviously scoring twice. Great to see him get off the mark. Two really well-taken finishes. A poacher's finish in the first half. And the second half, Guy Nick left-footed with his weak foot straight into the far corner. You know, he only needed one opportunity and scored that. Whereas if you look at Bradshaw, Smith, Bennett, they probably would miss that probably five times out of 10. Whereas a phobie, nine times out of 10, bags that goal. And I think that's the difference. And I'm hoping we'll see that on a consistent basis from a phobie. And Wallace, you've already heard what I think I've got to say about Wallace in this show, I suppose. So yeah, nine out of 10 for our real talisman. There you go. What do you reckon, Mickey? I think they're good scores. And obviously we've got a secret coming, which we'll explain on the next show. But we... uh we're going to be doing something around these player ratings, aren't we? With uh, indeed, with, with somebody which will all be announced hopefully on the Thursday or the next Sunday show. So uh, <laughs> good watch this space. Watch yeah, this watch space. <laughs> Definitely watch this space. So yeah, <laughs> I'm loving the high pitch little exaggerations there as well, mate. It's good. Yay! The excitement is real. That's right. It. We're going to end part one here. Uh, part number two, we will be talking about our 1 to 24 predictions. And yeah, if you're in the comments now, be sure to leave your 1 to 10 of uh, well, play rate, so to speak, of uh, yesterday's game if you was there. And um, if you disagree with me on anything I've said or Mickey, let us know. We like a bit of debate in the comments as well. So yeah, let's go to part two now. And welcome back to part number two of our first show of the 2021-2022 season. Still me and Mickey here. We're just um, having a good time, mate, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, go on. Third show of the new season. That's what I said, third. You said first. No, I said third. All right, I might maybe my pronunciation's off put off off point, oh. or maybe your ears are if, you know starting to go. So if, if you're listening to it in the comments and you yeah, think you said first, it. then, then add it. it in the comments. Mickey Wright, Omar Wright. And yeah. we go from there. So there you go. Yeah. Well, but anyway, this part, mate, we're going to give our one to twenty-four predictions for the season. Just what a little bit of fun. You go, 
You go, you you say your first, I'll say mine, and we'll go from that way. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll start. We'll start at the bottom though to build a bit of suspense as we go up because you know yeah. people won't yeah. know whether we put them all yet. So yeah, yeah it makes yeah, it a bit yeah. more fun, doesn't it? So yeah. just for a little play along, guys. Obviously, if you're new around here, um, we're just doing little predictions because we're going to hold ourselves accountable to it by the end of the season. We might even drop it on it halfway through the season after 23 games. It's just a little bit of fun, obviously, to hold us accountable and see what we think if we know our shit about the championship or not. Because you know. I'm expecting to beat you here, I feel like, mate. I'm not going to lie. But if I don't, then it's a bit embarrassing on my part, no? Uh, yeah, definitely. But, I, you know, at the end of I'm the not day, saying I you seem, don't. I'm I'm not saying you don't. Get, I seem to get scores right and I seem to fucking judge. <laughs> so I, I'm going to go here. But look, if you want to get involved, get on the website later um, once you see this live. So Sunday night when it comes out on YouTube or, or, or Monday morning, get on the website. There'll be a link there which says your predictions. Click on there. There's a Google form. Just put, Just click where you think it should be. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then we we highlight some more in the Thursday show of where you are. If you want a shout out on there, we we probably give you a shout. But let's see where you are compared to where we are. And then at the end of the season, we can either take the living piss out of you as well as us, or we can say congratulations. So if you want to get in, it's all a bit of fun. Uh, it will be on the website later on. Yeah, and if you beat me, I'll hold you accountable and I'll buy you a pint at some point in over a year's time. So there you go. I'll hold you accountable to that just a little bit. But I think I'm, you know, Mickey, mate, I should beat you here. I'm not I'm not saying that you don't know your football, but I claim to know more than you about football. We normally say this between each other. So if I don't, then um, yeah. Well, maybe this, isn't think- about, this isn't about football as such. This is about This is about reading previews, looking at stuff, looking at different stuff, looking what the bookies do, looking at this and then making yeah, decisions. Maybe. This is where I'm coming in. So football, until it's played, it is not a science. It can go either way, a drop of a hat player being sent off etc so that's true i i am i am up i think i've done fair enough let's okay. see game on your team finishing last place is derby county mine peterborough united okay so people are obviously freshly promoted aren't they from league one i think personally i hope they do a bit better the season they've always been a yo-yo side but i think this year they might maybe just Surprise a few people. 24th place, mate, Derby. I mean, I think you've got them in 23rd place, I'm not mistaken, though. Yes. Uh, no, I've got... Uh, yeah, 23rd, I've got them. Yeah, Derby County, yeah? Yeah. So, for, so obviously, we're both agreeing Derby are going to get relegated here. I think they're in big trouble. They've got no contracted players. I think they've got nine players contracted. One of their players is injured in training last week by Brain Rooney, who's out for 12 weeks now because of that. Um, they're really struggling. So I think they're going to go down this year. Financial fair play has really caught up with them and kind of stung them in the arse really there. So I've gone 23rd Hull City, also a newly promoted side. She stopped. Hey. <laughs> I'm really sorry, listeners. Right? The, the I'm going to cut this fine. out. I'm going to cut oh, this okay. out anyway. So it's fine. It's fine. I'll, I'll have to sit back through all of this and cut it all out. Ready? Yeah, let's go. I've gone 23rd place, Hull City. I think um, they're also a new promoted side. I think they'll struggle this year under Grant McCann. We'll have to wait and see. Who have you gone for 22nd place, Mickey? Uh, I've gone Blackpool. Okay, another new promoted side. I've gone Huddersfield Town to finish 22nd. I think Huddersfield's under their manager. That's Bielsa's assistant. Last year, they struggled. I think it's going to go terribly wrong this year. I just don't think they've got the players to really back up his way of playing, but... Happy to be proved wrong. I've gone 21st Blackpool, so similar to you, but I think Blackpool will just stay up. I liked how they looked last season. Obviously, Ballard on them last year in League One, but I think they'll just do the business to stay up. Who have you gone for 21st, Mickey? Luton. Luton Town. Okay. I've gone 20th place, Nottingham Forest. Who have you gone for? Uh, Hull City. 
There you go. So we've got similar sort of predictions here. Um, I've gone 20th place. I have gone for Nottingham Forest. Who have you gone for 20th? I've gone Barnsley. Okay. What? Barnsley last year got players, mate, remember? Yeah, they did. But they've lost their manager. Yeah, it's true. And I just I just don't know if they're going to be there or thereabouts. So um, they're, they're, uh, the odds for them are quite out there as well. They're 20 to 1 to possibly... You know, do well in the league or such. So I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, we we go Barnsley. Okay, I've actually got them to get uh, mid table. To be fair, so I agree with you. I think it will kind of plateau a little bit, but we will have to wait and see. Nineteenth place, I've gone for Birmingham City. Um, you've gone Barnsley there, like we said. Eighteenth, I've gone Reading. You've gone Coventry City. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I think Coventry, I've gone seventeenth. So similar predictions there, sort of thing. Yeah. 17th, you've got Huddersfield. Again, similar teams we've mentioned in the same bracket here. So I think we were kind of, you know, similar predictions, mate, to be fair. Just a lot of it is quite there. 16th, I've gone Preston North End. And you've gone 16th Preston North End as well, right? Yep. So that's our first prediction. That's exactly the same as each other. (laughs) (laughs) 15th, you've gone Stoke. I've gone Peterborough. Like I said, I think Peterborough are going to cause some trouble this year and overachieve a little bit. I hope they kind of come around there. 14th, I've gone with Stoke City. You had Stoke in 14th. I mean, 15th, sorry. Um, you've gone Reading in 14th. I've gone Stoke, like I said. 13th is my Barnsley prediction. You've gone Swansea City. Yeah. Yeah. I've got, you've gone Blackburn Rovers 12th. I've gone Luton Town 12th. I think Luton will be in and around it this year. Yeah. Um, I think they'll surprise a few people. Obviously, signed on your Dimmer. I want to see how he does this year. Adam Campbell, obviously, signed for him as well, who he was linked with. So, I have to wait and see. 11th, I've gone Blackburn Rovers. You've gone for Q- QPR. Obviously, just yeah. one off there with uh, Blackburn Prediction. And now we're going to the top 10. So, this is when it gets interesting, mate. Drum so, you've gone Birmingham City to finish 10th place. Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah, why? Do you think they're going to do well this year, yeah? Because I think we're... You think, you think Ryan Woods is going to spearhead them to uh, outside chance of the playoffs? Fucking hope <laughs> No, I think... I think Birmingham is <clears throat> Lee Bayou's team, isn't it? He, he's got lots and lots of connections there. Um, I think he's. I, I think he's all. Right. I mean, if we go on to um, three six five, three mm-hmm. six five are, are rating Birmingham to be um, fairly high up. Yeah. So they are rating Birmingham to finish eighth. Um, they're. Obviously, 365's done it with FIFA. I think every Birmingham fan would take this finish after being in and around the relegation zone for the past few years. Lee Boyer did well to steady the ship after his arrival in March, and FIFA thinks he'll be able to shoot them up in the league this time around. I've not put them up at, uh, as eighth, as high as there, but I do think yeah. 10th place is a potential. I've got them 19th. I mean, I think they'll stay up. I think they'll be all right, but we'll so, see. I've got not a lot to prove, have I? As long as they finish above 19th, then I'm right, you're yeah. wrong. So, well, you know, it don't really matter. We'll, we'll work on the margins, as long as the mar- whoever's closest, I suppose. But, yeah. Eighth place, you've gone with... Oh, ninth place, sorry, you've gone with Middlesbrough. I went to City. So, yeah, Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough could do better, but I think if if there's any manager there what can get a team up, then I suppose it's Warnock. But That's it. I just think that... They, they've had a bit of a rough couple of years. So I think, you know, I, I think ninth place is fair enough for them. Fair. Eighth place, you've gone Bristol City. I went with QPR. I think obviously QPR, Charlie Austin, Johansson in midfield. You know, they've signed in real good players there. So I think they're going to make a real good go of it. And it will be a tough test for us next week as an opening game of the season. But 
if there's any time where two and a half thousand mill fans come into play, I think it's next Saturday. So we'll talk about it more on Thursday. Seventh place, you've gone with who have you gone with there? Cardiff City. Yep. Okay, I've gone seventh place, Middlesbrough. And at this point, we're not we're not too far out on our predictions. No, here. but mate, if anyone's listening and not really sussed it yet, at this point, neither of us have said Millwall yet, and we've got to the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> so if anyone's listening at this point and hearing us talk about this, yeah, we both got Millwall to finish in the top six, haven't we? <laughs> right, yeah. sixth place. I've gone with Millwall. I, do you know what? That's it. I think. If we lost yesterday, I know this is pre-season only, but if we lost yesterday to the Ipswich and was inc- unconvincing, didn't score a goal or anything, then maybe I would be a different opinion about this. But Jed Wallace was firing. Ben Ekafobi was firing. I, I think this year we're going to finish sixth place, mate. I think we're going to move out Mahoney, Bufardson and Thompson or one or two of the three. We're going to sign maybe Josh Windass from Sheffield Wednesday or we're going to sign a creative player and we're going to go, fuck me, we're shit on here. Who have you got for sixth? I've got Nottingham Forest. Yeah, I put Nottingham Forest twentieth, so that's a big discrepancy there between me and you. Interesting. We'll have to see who's closer there, mate. Yeah. So, number <laughs> who five. Got, who have you got fifth? Number five, I've got Millwall. There you go, mate. One better than me. Why? Um. Well, looking around, I mean, the odds are quite varied for Millwall. I mean, they're quite quite outside there for twenty-five to one for Millwall to win the win the league this season. But it's it, it, it's this comment. Um, three six five and, and FIFA have gone tenth for Millwall, and they've got Millwall's kept seventeen clean sheets last season, expected to be strong at the bat once again with the addition of Daniel Ballard, who's coming on loan from Arsenal for the season. Their problem last season was hitting the back of the net, and so that be that uh, a Fobo is able, hopefully, that oh, is made a difference. A so I reckon, oh, I reckon, I don't reckon on the points. I think we'll score more than 59 points, but I think with him, a couple of others, and like you say, if we can bring in a creative player, then fucking job done, mate. We will finish easily in the top six. I love it. Position number five. Fifth place for me, I've gone with Cardiff City. So you had Cardiff finish seventh, I've gone finishing fifth. I think Mick McCarthy is just going to steer him there. Keith Moore at front, you know, real quality there. So I think Cardiff will finish fifth. I think our top four, if I'm not mistaken, is the same top four, correct? Well, not the same in order, but the same yeah, selection. Yeah, 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 pretty much, yeah. So we've so to describe that, we've got Fulham, Bournemouth, West Brom and Sheffield United in our top four. I've gone Fulham fourth, you've gone Sheffield United fourth. Fourth. Yeah, I've gone Fulham, uh, Bournemouth third. You've gone Fulham third. third. I've gone West Brom second. You've gone Bournemouth West... second, and I've gone Sheffield United to win the league. And you've gone West Brom. So I think we all agree here, and I think the general consensus of a lot of people online, and you're looking obviously at the bookies there as well. I think them top four teams are just going to have a bit too much, I think, for the league personally, and it might turn out to be similar to last season where you know they they escape away, and then the fifth and sixth places are what are going to be up for grabs, and that's what's going to be interesting about this year. You know, I think them four teams will go. You know, Marcus Silva now at Fulham, Scott Parker at Bournemouth, Vele Ishmael now at West Brom, the old Barsley manager who overachieved. And obviously, Slavisa Jovanovic, or whatever his name is, at Sheffield United now. I've got them to win the league. I just think they're going to have too much. And I think, obviously, they're going to have their Bramall Lane back, their fans back as well. And Bramall Lane's always an intimidating place to go. I put it a little bit behind Leeds, to be fair. Leeds I enjoy going to, and Bramall Lane also just for them both reasons there, because the crowds, they're intense. And I think they'll probably bounce back, personally. But yeah, mate, interesting predictions there. And I do agree with you. I think the top four will kind of take shape like that, but Mill's going to come sixth or fifth. That's it. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. fifth or sixth. Yeah, we'll be in there. I mean, those of you missing Kai, don't worry. His, his video will be uplifted where he's done the one to 24, so you'll get there. But, I mean, looking at the odds, we've done the predictions. Looking at the odds, this is on Marathon Bet. There are a few others, but they're all rating those four at the top. I mean, Fulham 11 to 2, uh, West Brom 13 to 2, uh, Millwall's 25 to 1, Rain Park, uh, Queen's Park Rangers 25, um, Huddersfield, Blackpool, Peterborough, all above 50 to 1. So Huddersfield 50, Blackpool 66, Peterborough 66. I think, look, we're there or thereabouts. I mean, there's a, if you look at across all, all the betting outlets, they are all sticking most of the top four. Um, you know, um, you're looking one there where West Brom, Bournemouth, Middlesbrough, Blackpool, uh, Peterborough and Huddersfield, they're rating to finish in, in the top lot. So, I don't know. Yeah. Um, that's what I say. I think it's open this season. Like I said, plenty of times before on past shows over the last so many weeks, it is Millwall's chance, if any, to go for it this season. If we get the right amount of players and, and get the right players in and those players hit, then we're fucking, we're on it, mate. And we're, we're it. definitely be there. Come on, Millwall. Oh, mate, ah, I'm buzzing for next Saturday. I can't wait. I'm actually <laughs> so buzzing. If you're going next Saturday, comment below. Let's get on one. Let's have an all day. Millwall's going to win the league this year. Um, we're not going to, but you know, let's let's all imagine it's going to happen. We're going to win next Saturday, turn over QPR, their home turf. We're going to have an absolute blinder. We're going to get escorted back to Shepherd's Station and have it large. And that's it. Away days are back, mate. Away days are back. Make sure you listen to Thursday's show because there'll be a couple of little. Uh, little secrets coming out on Thursday about what we're planning for Saturday for you. And also, if you haven't yet, click on the website um, and listen to this. There's features on there where you can vote for us in the Football Awards. You can either do it through our website or there's a couple of clicks where you can actually put it on website. Just just click and it will take you straight to your Twitter page and, uh, and vote. And don't forget, if you are going to away games, get on our website, check. There's all your travel information, pubs, um, direction, sat navs, everything else is all on there. And again, thank you to the AMS for sponsoring that page. Um, mm-hmm. And again, if you want to join them, that's on there. You can click on there for them. I think they're up and coming this season. And yeah, we we've got loads planned for this season. Um, we've been working on a few commercial tie-ups and stuff, so we've got loads coming. So exciting season for us. Exciting season for you. And mate, I can't wait for this season. Now it's gonna be. Fucking super. Yep, up the mill, mate. That's it. So, yeah, as Mickey said there, uh, check us out on our socials, um, at that mill pod across every social platform. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back on Thursday. Like I said, also, Mickey said there, Kai's predictions will be out probably Monday or Tuesday for the season. So, yeah, leave it at that. Thanks for listening, guys. All done. Thank you. Let's go. Bye.
Burst is men's activewear that's built to be comfortable, functional, and stylish. Their versatile clothing is made from fabrics that flex and fit perfectly for any activity, whether it's at the gym or on the go. Verst is fit for living, and these wardrobe staples are sure to be your favorite things to wear. Verst is available at Dick's Sporting Goods, or get 15% off regular price items when you go to VRST.com and use the promo code PODCAST15, all in caps. That's PODCAST15, all capital letters. Your work technology should help your organization run better. Monday.com is an intuitive platform designed to help teams of all sizes work better together and maximize results. With Monday.com, you can easily customize your workflows to fit your team's exact needs and create automated updates to keep everyone up to speed in real time. Experience the power of a single platform that replaces your costly tech toolbox and the headache that comes with it. To start your 14-day free trial, go to Monday.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.